I have got some ghost stories for you. I feel something crawl into the bed with me and it starts to spoon me. There was a time where I would be in bed falling asleep and I would hear my name being called. Different voices call my name. Poof, the person disappeared right in front of our eyes. And we were both like, did you see that? There was this figure of a woman. Her skin was bluish and her hands were clawed and her mouth was wide open. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. And welcome, welcome back. Here we are returning for the month of October because, of course, we are. It's October. We have to. It's we like a rule. Yep. We got some great stories lined up and interviews. In fact, we're going to talk to Wild Thing host Laura Krantz in a bit about all the big news around UFOs and UAPs. Yes. Uh, season two of her podcast, Wild Thing, is called Out of This World, and it's all about life on other planets. I highly recommend that you have a listen it's one of my all-time favorites don't forget we also released a couple of surprise episodes while we were on break so you definitely want to go and check those out the most recent was an interview with steven blue and he's from the night owl podcast which is absolutely amazing and he's so cute he is so cute so cute oh god <laughs> like did we creep him out you think maybe a little maybe a tiny bit yeah sorry because we were staring him down so yeah, hard in so that. sorry <laughs> sorry steven by the way haunted af was just actually featured on the abc affiliate right here in dallas so excited and we've been sharing that link of course pretty much anywhere everywhere that people will look at it right oh yeah if we're going to be real obnoxious with that absolutely and it will be in the show notes at hauntedaf.com and remember that is where you can find everything that we do videos pictures links all of the good stuff and speaking of that interview we spoke with the reporter sean giggy and he actually had some spooky stories of his own so here's one from the hometown he grew up in love it so I grew up in Indiana, a small town called Huntington, about 16, 17,000 people, not very big. But we have a really big courthouse. I was always captivated by it when I was younger. It's got this big dome, this big rotunda. Mm-hmm. And for the size of the town, it always just seems so big. But there was a junior historical society that I was a part of that my mom made us be a part of. How cute are and you? So, That's awesome. <laughs> I so love we that. learned about the history of the town uh-huh. and everything. And we would do tours and we did a tour of the courthouse once. And we heard the story about one of the workers. I think the building was built in 1910 to 1915, something around that time. And I, th- I talked to my mom to clarify my details. Okay. But he was, he was an immigrant from Sicily and he was working on scaffolding on that big dome doing stonework up mm-hmm. there. And it's about four or five stories up. And he ended up falling all the way to the basement Jeez. and died upon yeah. impact. And since he was an immigrant, he didn't have any family here in the States they had no family, no cemetery to send him to. They just buried him right there in the basement. <gasps> no. They, they entombed him. When I was, what? When I was on my tour for the Junior Historical Society, we went down in the basement, and it's dark and dingy down of there course. to begin with. Sure. And we saw his tomb down there. It's It looks like a concrete coffin, and there's a cross on top, and his old goggles and work gloves are no. sitting on top. He's no. his own memorial. Yeah. Oh He's my god! In the basement of this courthouse, and it was one of the creepiest things that made my hair stand up. As yeah. Like a twelve-year-old, but let's just talk about the fact that they would take twelve-year-olds down there and tell yeah. them this story. I actually have love fun it. going home I, to I your would, parents I, I now. Love it. I would totally do I that. I would too. Yeah. I'm sure they signed a waiver. I, yeah. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> look this up. Slip. So it's the courthouse in Huntington, Indiana. Huntington, Indiana. Because I'm sure that that's online. That's There's amazing. gotta be pictures. Was it allegedly I, haunted? 
Yes, that's what I've heard is that supposedly like people have heard things in there. I don't know of any specific stories. I need to reach out and see if there's anybody I know from my hometown that might have that it. has any personal stories. I just know that <laughs> me personally, I've seen it and I know how creepy it is that, well, this guy just fell to his death. Let's build a tomb around him. How weird is that? I'm right? blown away by like somebody thinking that's a great idea. Yeah. Could you Could you imagine if when anybody died, they just bury them right where they die? Like, Very bizarre. You're in the toilet. Buried in the toilet. You're in the for, kitchen. For future reference, yeah. I will haunt you so hard if you do Same. that. Like, Same. Like, clean me up. Do right? something. God, it'd probably be someplace. Something awful would happen to me. Yeah, like I'd die in a porta potty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no, no, I'll just, never use one of those. Just leave her in there. <laughs> she, she's she's with the poop now. <laughs> so sorry. All right, so let's jump into the stories. This one comes from our brand new patron, Jessica. Thank Hi, you, Jessica. Jessica. When I was 14 years old, we lived in a trailer on about 15 acres in Bentonville, Arkansas. And that place was absolutely haunted AF. Can I just tell you, I've been to Bentonville, Arkansas. So I. I went to visit a woman who raised miniature ponies. Well, that's cool. The ones that are like tiny, that are like the size of your dogs. Yeah. And she let us like run around in a field and play with her miniature ponies. It was the that best. sounds like the greatest afternoon of my life. And when we pulled up in her driveway yeah. and got out of the car, it was like a herd, not them, but her chickens. She had a herd of chickens. It was about 12 of them that came running around the side of the house and like ran over to greet us. It was How the great. best day ever. Oh, I love fun animals. I know. Me too. Okay, sorry. Back All to right. the story. So their property, Haunted AF. Yes. I love how she worked that in. Mm -hmm. So me and my sister, we shared a room that had a huge bay window. One night I got up to use the bathroom and happened to look out the window. There was a grayish colored man walking out of our barn. He was tall and wearing striped overalls, kind of like what train conductors used to wear. I watched as he walked right through the barbed wire fence. I woke up my sister and we both watched him walk through the field and then he just disappeared. The next night, we both woke up because in our room, sitting right at the bay window, was a wispy looking girl. She was kneeling in front of the window with a bowl. Okay, can I just say really quick? She yeah. says bowel. She says bowel? B-O-W-E-L. And I was like, <laughs> when I first read this story, I was like, is she holding her bowels? Because that would also scare the absolute shit out of me. That, yeah. <laughs> As it scared the shit out of her, apparently. Like it, it's uh, got to be bold, right? It's got to be bold. Jessica, let us know. So we both jumped out of bed and ran straight to our parents' room. She was gone by the time we got them to come look, so of course they didn't believe us. Sure. Uh, we started sleeping on the couch in the living room, but my sister woke up and saw a guy dressed in army fatigues at our door. God, it's just one thing after, after another at yeah. this house. We told our parents again, and of course they said, yeah, you guys are full of it. My mom got her own dose of it, though, when the lights started to flicker and shit went moving on its own. What? Yeah, I kind of like that mom is getting it. Yeah, yeah, it's time. <laughs> She called our pastor and he came over to bless the house, but the pages in his Bible kept flipping when he laid it down on the table. Are we sure this is in a movie? It sounds like it. Like, yeah. Uh, he literally said, I'm sorry, I can't help y'all, and gave my mother another pastor's phone number. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure she didn't call him because things got way worse after that, so we just moved. I talked to the landlord's son once we got out, and he said that his sister killed her husband and herself in that trailer. Oh. Oh, wow. What a dark story. Of course, my response was, well, shit, no wonder it's haunted. Yeah. I'm pretty sure someone is buried on that property, too, because when we went exploring one day and found two mounds of dirt in the woods nearby, honestly, they looked like graves, but there were no headstones. 
<laughs> um, like that sounds like a murder. Yeah. Thank you for that story, Jessica. Oh, Jessica, Amazing. All right. So this next story comes from our friend Scott. He's a security guard. Hello, Haunted AF crew. This is Scott from Burleson again. So, um, I do overnight patrol security for apartment complexes, and there's an apartment complex that we used to patrol. It's off of Arapahoe because of uh, legal reasons. I can't give the name, but we had a vacant apartment that we were keeping an eye on because there were a whole bunch of neighborhood kids that would go in there and like do illicit drugs, and we needed to keep that empty because the property management was trying to get it make ready so that they can have somebody move in. So we were supposed to keep an eye on anybody suspicious walking onto the property to get into that unit. And so I'm doing my normal patrol, just checked the entirety of the leasing office building, made sure all the doors were locked, make sure that there was nobody in the pool area because it was after 10 o'clock. And then I see this this kid. Uh, when I say kid, I'm, I mean teenager, uh, probably 16, 17 years old. And I, I remember this distinctively. He was wearing a red letterman jacket a blue baseball hat canted sideways blue jeans and red uh sneakers nikes because they had the white nike swish on the side of it i saw him vividly like he was there so i see him heading towards that apartment and so i you know turn my body camera on go to approach him go to make contact and he looks at me and gives a little bit of a smile and just continues to walk and so i'm like hey hey hold on just a moment um would you mind if i have a word with you sir and he walks into this one area that i know there's no windows there's no doors it is just this alcove in the wall and so i lose sight of him but i know that there's nowhere he can go without passing back by me. So I come around that corner and he's gone. Absolutely gone. Nothing's there. I did get the camera footage back to um, my company and in the camera footage, the body camera footage, uh, sadly, I no longer have it. If I'd have known your show existed three years ago, I would have had the camera footage. But in the camera footage, it saw him clear as day and it also saw that he just disappeared through a solid wall. So it's just an, another one of my unexplainable stories. I have a couple of those, though, so I might share them with you here in a bit. Anyway, toodles. Okay, it toodles. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm like, bro, you don't have the footage anymore. I know. I, I bet he wouldn't legally be able to share it with us. No, but maybe we could just at least watch it and then be like, y'all, it's legit. You know what this makes me think of, though? What? Candyman. So oh! you remember the, the real story behind Candyman? I've already told the story like at least once on the podcast before, but like kids were finding yeah. a way in through the mirrors. I wonder if there was something there that didn't look like an entrance that he was able to use or something. Maybe. Who knows? Or maybe he's just a straight up ghost i'm gonna believe straight up ghosts so scott's got a couple of stories because of this time that he has spent as a security guard and it makes me wonder how many of you can he take us on a tour out there Uh, (laughs) i don't know that i want to (laughs) go it's a close by haunt come on feels like a good way to end up in somebody's fridge (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) no it really it probably is it's a close by haunt (laughs) 
But I do feel like some of our listeners have got to have these same stories, especially no if they're security. But do you ever wonder if like walking around as a security guard, even if you're armed, because mm-hmm. apparently he's an armed security guard, okay. you would probably get kind of freaked out and scared occasionally, Absolutely, right? Because you're usually by yourself. Yeah. How could you not get a little freaked out? And we've talked to police officers before. Yeah. We had one on the podcast who was at looking for a suspect around a graveyard and right. heard this horrible scream and he and his partner like took off. They're like, well, fine, I guess you got away this time. Yeah. You know? Sorry. Like, Good luck, buddy. Not doing this in a cemetery. So, yeah, you guys, if you have the security guard stories, please let us know. Hauntedayofpodcast at gmail.com. And um, we're going to share another one of his stories next week. All right. So this next story comes from Jen Chavez. Hello. I have a super spooky story for y'all. Ten years ago, my hubs and I moved into an apartment with our three baby boys, ages three, one, and newborn. Already terrifying, I know. Yeah, for real. Amen, sister. We noticed the day that we moved in that something was up because things were not where we left them. And the peephole was lower for some reason. Hmm. I went to the apartment manager and half-jokingly said, I hope nobody died in the apartment, right? She looked a bit flustered and said, "Um, let me double check. She pulled out the old file and said, oh yeah, we didn't disclose it because the person who passed wasn't a leaseholder. It was a teenage daughter, Angela. The family of three were all wheelchair bound, which is why the peephole was lower. I had seen signs around the neighborhood for Angela's wake and remembered rumors that her family invited neighbors to view her body before the remains were taken out. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, you did. Oh my (laughs) God. Like that's messed up. This was now my kid's room. This family was also infamous for conducting seances to contact Angela after her death. We ended up moving before our lease was up, but the 10 months that followed were filled with terrifying occurrences. Too long for an email, but I'd love to share this full story with you if you're interested. Jen. Yeah. Yeah, Jen. For future reference, if anybody ever says, hey, do you want to come back to my place to see the body? Answer is always no. You would really say no? You're going to go look at the body? absolutely go. You are dying to end up in somebody's fridge. I am seriously that's not a lure but yes back to you jen please tell us the story we need to talk so excited to have laura krantz back on the podcast and what this is like your third time i think speaking with us yeah i think so so often we have you on at the beginning of the season so this is appropriate we're coming back for october for spooky season first of all we know laura krantz from the wild thing podcast season one you talked about uh bigfoot season two you talked about aliens or potential life on other Mm -hmm. planets and season three you talked about nuclear explosions in technology. I've always appreciated your approach because you have a very non-hysterical, low-woo look at everything. (laughs) Yeah, people like a good story, which I get. I like a good story too, but there's a good story and then there's like, okay, what's actually happening? And so I try to find that line. Yes. And one of the things you pointed out when you looked into life on other planets on Wild Thing was government relationships with the alien story. And I have have thought about that so many times since this congressional hearing on UAPs that happened back in July, and I've been dying to get your take on it. So, Laura Krantz, <laughs> welcome back to the Haunted AF podcast. Now, tell us everything you know and what you think. All right. Um, very excited to be here. And, you know, in terms of those hearings that were happening over the summer, 
those were fascinating. Like I was watching them the same as everybody else was. What was interesting to me was there are a couple of things. One, part of the reason this stuff is classified is not so much what's in the images as how the images were taken. It's like what technology is being used to take the images. And that's what the government is trying to sort of keep a lockdown on because they don't necessarily want our enemies or even our allies to know what kind of technology we're using to, you know, keep an eye on things. That was a really interesting point to me. But the other thing is the guy who is testifying, and I'm blanking on his name right now, he was saying other people told me that they had seen the craft. He didn't see them directly. He heard from other people that they'd seen them. And that to me sort of raises a red flag. It's like, okay, well, then why are we talking to you? Why aren't we talking to the person who actually saw the stuff that's going on? I don't doubt that the government has picked up some weird stuff in the sky. They may have found the remnants of crashes of who knows what, whether it's aliens coming from another planet. I just, I'm not 100% sure I buy into that until we have more evidence. And my feeling is, is get some scientists in there. And that would be a more useful exercise than these sort of congressional hearings, which get everybody excited, but then kind of don't really go anywhere. Right. One of the things you also talked about is how sometimes the idea of aliens coming to Earth or whatever has been manipulated by the government to kind of redirect our attention from things or to, oh, yeah. do you feel there could be any of that going on? We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. I kind of doubt it on this one. I mean, there may be an element of the government being like, yeah, sure, go chasing after aliens. And maybe you won't ask questions that we're less excited about answering. Like there may be an element of that. I don't know that they are deliberately creating a redirect. You know, I think this is what happened in Roswell to some degree is it's like everyone is chasing after aliens and the government's like, great, then you're not asking questions about our super secret programs for monitoring, you know, Soviet airspace. But to have like a deliberate lie that they're seeding, I don't think I buy that. Okay, first of all, I know you're always a skeptic. Has this changed your opinion on things at all? Or do you feel it's just more of the same? That's actually a good question. I, you know, I'm still skeptical, but my feeling is, and, you know, Ryan Graves has said this in his testimony. And actually, you know, I talked to him for the podcast, but he's been very present in the news lately. And his take on this is like, look, so it might not be aliens, but like, shouldn't we figure out what this stuff is? Because Navy pilots, civilian pilots, people are seeing things and they don't know what they are. And, you know, I would bet the majority of the time that it is not anything particularly weird. It just happens to be the angle that you're at, or it's something unusual for where you are. Like that Chinese spy balloon that was going up. Like, of course, everyone's like, what the hell is that? Turns out to have a very terrestrial explanation, but it is still kind of a crazy one. You know, it's interesting. NASA is now putting together a program to investigate these UAP UFO sightings. I saw an interview with one of the people at NASA who was like, you know, what they really ought to do is create an app 
that people can use that collects the kind of data that will help us figure out what these things are. So it's sort of a citizen scientist kind of program where you're taking photos of things that you think are weird, they get entered into the database and then sorted. And you can actually pull out the things that are really weird from the things that are just everyday objects that happen to be in a weird spot or taken from a weird angle. Which is so necessary right now because there is so much stuff in the sky. And it, it does make you question like, why hasn't that happened? Because we have an app for everything these days. I would guess that technologically, it is a little bit harder to build than some of these other, you know, it's not quite like the bird identifying app. Although I will tell you, there's an app called Merlin. This is off topic, but I have to talk about this. Okay. It's called Merlin and it records bird sounds. Like I can be lying in bed and hear birds off in the distance and get this app going. And it will tell me what kind of bird it is based on the song. And that just blows my mind. But anyway, I feel like the technology for that is just sort of coming online. And this is probably sort of the next level of technology in terms of being able to identify something by, you know, its speed, its trajectory, size, things like that. I think it just we haven't gotten to that point necessarily with technology. Could that be potentially dangerous, though, if just like a normal person had this thing in their hands? What if it is some sort of new technology that we're not supposed to know about? That's why Mm -hmm. I so often feel like these things that we're seeing are probably just some sort of new technology. I don't think you're wrong on that. For part of the reporting I did for the second season of the podcast, I spent some time out by Area 51 in Nevada. There's a little town right on the edge of Area 51 called Rachel. And I talked to people who live there and they're like, yeah, we see some weird stuff that they are testing. The military is testing because this is a top secret facility. He said, you know, in like four years, photos of it will show up on the front page. And it's like it has gone from being, you know, a test case to being something that's incorporated into the Defense Department and becomes normal. And he's like, it's so many times I have seen that happen that I don't blink twice anymore when I see something weird. I just assume that it is the government testing. What did you think? I feel dumb even bringing this up, but the uh, the, <laughs> the Mex- mummies, the mummies. Have you seen somebody? The one where it's like, is it cake? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one, but I love that. I want to find that now. I have seen a lot of pretty funny memes about this. I mean, they look so fake. They it's look just so like and unimaginative. You just used ET as your model. It's a little bit of an embarrassment, I feel like. And I feel like the people who are actually legitimately out looking for this stuff and really trying to apply science to it are just like, damn it, you know, this is just a big step back for us, which I think is really too bad. So which side of the fence do you fall on? Do you want aliens to be watching the planet and potentially trying to contact us? Or would you rather it just be government stuff? Oh, that's a good question. Well, here's the thing is if it is aliens trying to contact the planet, they're doing a terrible job. Like they're just really how the hell did they get here if they can't figure out how to contact us in a way that like isn't constantly crashing their ships into the planet? Like all we ever find is wreckage. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm leaning more towards like, let's just hope it's like government shit. I'm with you there. (laughs) You obviously must believe a little bit because you are helping parents right now explain aliens to their children in a new book. Tell us a little bit about this new one. Okay, so this new one is called Is There Anybody Out There? And it is about the search for extraterrestrial life from the single cell to the big brain. And I do think that there is probably life out there somewhere. What that looks like 
is sort of a big question mark. And I think that's sort of the, is some of the fun in exploring this topic is like, how do we go about looking for it if it's microbial, which, you know, the bulk of the life on this planet is microbial. So it would make sense that that makes up a lot of life on other planets. I'm super excited to see what they come up with on Mars. You know how they sent the Mars rover there yeah. to like gather data. And then it's like, now they have to send the mission to pick up the sample and bring it back. And I'm like, come on guys, <laughs> let's get, what's in that dirt? And the, the galaxy is really big. The universe is really big. The chances that there is life out there somewhere and intelligent life is not all that small. The problem is the distances between us and them. And I think one of the great things about this newest book and also your Sasquatch book is that you approach these ideas scientifically. It's the scientific method of how could aliens be possible? How could Sasquatch be possible? So it actually is turning kids onto a really important skill, but using really fun topics. How did you get into doing children's books from podcasting. I was not thinking about kids at all when I did these first two seasons. But what I found out was that parents were listening to it with their kids because it was sort of, you know, it appealed to a wide age range. And teachers were using elements of it in their classroom to talk about evolution, the scientific method, all these different science elements. And I realized there's a whole audience here that I really wasn't thinking about that would really benefit from talking about how we approach things scientifically, how we are open-minded, but not so open-minded that our brains fall out. For kids, it's much harder. Like they're at a point now where it's like every bit of information that comes in seems like a possibility. So how do you help them figure out, oh, this is a great story. Uh, It's not really fact. I think that's a a valuable skill to learn. And can I just say that last weekend I spent two days with the Girl Scouts of Oregon and they created a patch (gasps) based off of the first book. And so it's like going out into the woods and looking around for evidence and thinking about where stories come from and how to discern good information from bad. And they created a whole patch program around it. Girl. So I'm super excited. I like pinnacle of my career. Seriously. You've made it. You've got a girl. Scout patch. That is Uh big time. Okay. First of all, are you working on a new podcast or a new book? Which direction are you going to go in next? So there is a third book. It is already written. It's going to be about the intersection of science and magic and how things like alchemy were foundational to chemistry, astrology to astronomy, how curses can work if you believe them. So just kind of playing around with this relationship with science and magic. I am thinking about a fourth season. I just have had so much on my plate that I haven't really had time to get to that yet. If I can put in a request, I would love to hear a podcast based on that book, the cross section of magic and science. I think that's amazing. I would love to hear that. We'll get into some voodoo curses. Thank you, Laura Krantz. It's always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Good to talk to you too. By the way, guys, we are giving away a copy of Laura's newest book on Patreon this week. Patreon.com slash Haunted AF. We do have to say thanks to our newest patrons, Alyssa Long, Justin Ware, and Caroline Bennett. And of course, Jessica just became an annual patron. You heard some of her stories earlier. We're also giving away some of our new listener designed merch. So I'm wearing the Hey Boo sweatshirt and this is the one that we're giving away over on Patreon. So Sandy in California designed this one. By 
By the way, I assume that you're a ghost and I'm a ghost. That's Which, us. Who's who? Do you want to be boots or do you want to be high heels? Which one do you want to oh, be? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. You I know feel like I'm the boots girl and you're the high heel girl. Yeah, that's fine with me. You know these look vintage. Thank you, Sandy in California for designing this one. Also, Alan from Marmot Animation. He did the basic witch design. Amazing. Also to Curtis and Amanda who created our weird shit theme song. So they designed the It's Always Halloween in My Heart shirt. Hauntedaf.com. And remember, it's another good way to support the podcast. And before we go, quick reminder, tell all of your like-minded friends to check out the podcast and please leave us a good review. We like live and die by those. So yeah. please do. And the negative ones cut <laughs> to the bone, they, y'all. <laughs> Try not to. We do. We are a little sensitive to the negative ones. Yeah. I screenshot them and send them to <laughs> Rebecca. Right. And then where our days are ruined. Yeah. I feel like I'm encouraging it by saying <laughs> all of this. Please just nice things. Oh, and you can find us on social media, of course. Yeah. And we actually have thousands and thousands of new followers right now. So if you guys are just showing up, hi. Yeah. Hello. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. We need your stories. You can just write down your experiences and email them to us. But we love to hear your voices. So mess around with voice memo or just film yourself telling the story. You can stay off camera if you don't want to show your face. But either way, send all that goodness to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com so we can use them this month, this October, October on Haunted AF. And don't forget to subscribe to Haunted AF on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. You can even contact us directly through our website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamalika and Travis Vance for the Haunted AF theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. Also, big thanks to all of the Haunted AF Patreon supporters. Most of all, we have to thank you for listening and for sharing your stories with us. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. 